Welcome to the Astra Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astra Investment Management. I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hey, John. I want to give you an update on where we see some of the major points in the economy are right now. Of course, we've got a big unknown lurking above us with the debt ceiling, which we'll chat about a little bit. Overall, I see the same stories I've had for a few months that the economy continues to grow. There are some signs of weakness around the corners, but on the whole, it's growing. And a move to lower inflation is not completely clear. Inflation seemed to have plateaued, but we don't seem to see much disinflation at this point. you agree with that overall, Nick? Yeah, I think that's right on. The economy has proven entirely robust to the rate hikes. Consumers are still doing their things. Uh, and inflation is ticking right along, which I think will probably affect more hikes this year, contrary to market expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think objectively, the funniest thing that could happen is that the Treasury like ekes out extraordinary measures until June 14th and actually spends its last dollar at the same time the Fed gives an unexpected rate hike. That would be the best possible. <laughs> yeah, for a given value of funny, that would be from a comedy standpoint, anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, so let's start with inflation. We've had two inflation numbers, CPI, PCE, since our last podcast. They're both unchanged the last several months. They're growing well above the Fed's target. They are off their highs convincingly, but not obviously going down. You see anything, any subtleties in the underlying measures of inflation, Nick? No, I think that's right on. Still much too hot for the Fed. If you strip out everything that people buy, maybe you can get yourself to, to see a number that look convincing. Certainly we're down from our peaks, as you've mentioned. And I think generally things are trending the right way. But as far as the Fed is concerned, there's still work to be done. Just today, we got PCE inflation, and both had in core were above expectations. And durable orders were also much higher than, than people anticipated. So everything together, no real sign of cooling there. Yeah, higher than expectation, which is interesting, but also 4.4% year on year, 0.4%, the core 0.4% month on month, which obviously annualizes to substantially more than 2% which is the Fed's target. And speaking of expectations, uh, overall, the economy is running a little bit above expectations these days. Citibank actually has an index of this, which is just interesting to watch. And things are coming in a little bit stronger than economists expect release by release. You know that I do like to keep an eye on consumer confidence. We, in fact, have an index of consumer confidence that we calculate, which I talked about a lot last year because it was decreasing sort of week by week and basically with inflation. That index bottomed sort of in July 2022 and had been coming up ever since, but it's off sharply in the last few weeks. And our index went to a constructive thing about the stock market as we understand it to a worrying thing about the stock market as we understand it. Any thoughts on consumer sentiment, Nick? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot written about sort of the political dynamics of how yeah. people assess the economy and very much dependent about who's on office, who's in office, if it's their party or the other party. But there's another dimension. So a recent poll, and maybe we'll link this in the notes, asking people how they thought they were doing 
as far as the economy is going or their financial situation and then how other people are doing. And the vast majority of people say that they're doing really well. And the vast majority of people also say the economy is doing really poorly. So that's a pretty interesting dispersion. I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but in general, people see themselves doing just fine. That is interesting. So I, I had a friend who used to talk about, who was quite old at this point, uh, we used to talk about, I think, some sort of recession in the 50s, which is the same thing, where they would poll businesses and say, oh, the economy is terrible, but how's your business doing? It's wonderful. And what ends up the result of that is if everybody's own business is fine, then the economy in aggregate is fine. This could be signs of more inflation depresses people, right? It could be signs of sort of the toll that our increased partisanship takes on people. Everyone, whether you're right or left or middle, sees bad news coming out, and it's hard to be optimistic in times like that. And I think just the last thing on the consumer and expectations is that we got our final UMISH survey for inflation expectations today as well. And consumers see inflation around 3.1% over the next five to 10 years, and that's 12-year high, or near a 12-year high. And for the next year, they see inflation of around 4.2%. As far as inflation expectations feed into the economy, they're certainly there. They're not sky high, but it's definitely a present factor. That is actually slightly off its peak, though, the five to 10-year inflation forecast, right? Correct, yeah. Right. So consumer expectations based on the survey, high, slightly off the peaks. When you look at expectations based on the various markets, those are similar story. They're fairly high, not quite as high as they have been, but definitely trending up over the last several weeks. That number can be a little confusing because sometimes, you know, what it's based on isn't the most liquid things in the world, but but not moderating is definitely how I would read that number. Yeah, I'd say markets are larger, so coming more in line with what I would say is the aggregate house view here, which is that inflation is going to stick around for a while. And I think people are slowly coming to terms with that. So not probably at the 10% pace that we saw at the at a 4% pace, which is plenty. But I mean, I think do overall, we do have to, and this is like, we're coming around to what Rob has been saying for a long time, <laughs> is that like the Fed's going to hike more than you think. Maybe not to 18, like they did in the 80s, but absent some sort of explosion based on the debt ceiling, or some other exogenous event. It just seems like they're going to have to keep hiking at least a few more times, right? Yep, I absolutely agree. You know, certainly there could be longer pauses between hikes, but I don't really see cuts as, as realistic this year, absent, as you said, some sort of exogenous shock. Right, and so since the last time we've checked in on it, the, the Fed funds market believes that too, right? The Fed funds see a hike or a decent chance of one more hike in the next two meetings, and then maybe cuts by the end of the year, that could happen. I guess that's seeming less likely with every solid inflation print and payroll number. Yeah, I agree. All right, last thing, debt ceiling. We are recording this on Friday, the 26th of May. Jay Yellen has said that the X date is around June 1st, next month. And the negotiations seem to be making progress from the outside. It does seem like 
Uh, I think Biden was getting a lot of pressure from the left part of the Democratic Party to hold fast, don't give in anything. And it seems like he is willing to cut back on some spending. I can only imagine he would do that only if he was allowed to raise some taxes as well, if they want to slow down the economy a little bit. Do you have any insights on the debt ceiling? It sounds like what's on the table right now is actually interesting that you say tax hikes. I haven't really seen anything suggesting much on the revenue side, but the premise would be freezing, adding spending caps that freeze non-defense spending somewhere around last year's level, flying back some of the COVID money that hasn't been actually used, and then lifting the debt limit through 2024. As we speak right now, it seems like the sticking point is more around work requirements for safety net programs. And I guess I'm much more optimistic today than I was just a few days ago that we're actually going to get something done. But the history will tell you that something always gets done. It's something that it bears close watching because this is a bit of a unique House, a bit of a unique Congress. Even if Speaker McCarthy can get an agreement, reach an agreement with the White House, it's not a guarantee that everyone else is going to play along nicely. Yeah. And say like, Work requirements on Medicare might, Medicaid might uh, turn me into the Joker. But that aside, yeah, it's not clear what he can deliver from his guys. And like it was just such a strategic error. I mean, I guess it's, it's an error for the Democrats not to do something when they had the House and the Senate. I think one, like they might not have been able to get Manchin to go along with it, which they needed at the time. And two, I think the Democrats thought that it might be a winner for them, right? Like it was a winner for the Democrats last time in 2011 or whatever. And they thought it might be a political winner for them. And that just seems to be like a little reckless, a reckless miscalculation to me. Plenty of recklessness going around in the legislative branch these days. But my view is that I'm more optimistic that, that we will not reach the next day, whether it be June 1st or 7th or so on. Yeah, I guess my the thing I've had in the back of my mind is that usually like something has to break for them to concentrate their minds. What breaks the stock market goes down three or five percent in a day, and then they get their ducks in a row. But the stock market, the problem with the stock market is that like if it knows that's what happened, then it won't do it this time. So then they go an extra three days, and the stock market has to go down more. And so it gets quite, I think this is what uh, Soros called reflexivity, right? That's right. I think we'll leave it there. And uh, if you would like more of our economic insights, you can check out the Aster blog on asterim.com. You can reach out to your Aster sales representative. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, John. To learn more about Aster Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.asterim.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you. Aster Investment Management, LLC, is a SEC-registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change. They are not intended as investment recommendations.